Good evening, all you creatures of the night. It's that time of year again. The cool, crisp air nips at your neck, and the leaves begin to change all around you. Fall is finally here, and the glorious month of October has fallen upon us. We have 31 days to watch all of the terrifying, blood-curdling films before we finally reach All Hallows' Eve. But which films to watch? Where do I begin? This is the latest podcast episode of It Records and the return of the annual recommendation show, Halloween Horror. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. You see, Jason was my son, and today is his birthday. Welcome back, all you creatures of the night. It is I, Matt Johnson, coming at you again for the It Records podcast and our annual recommendation show, Halloween Horror. Today is October 6th, so this will be the sixth movie recommendation for you to watch in October. If you are unfamiliar with the, the premise of Halloween Horror, we've been doing it every October for the past couple of years. I come on and give you a recommendation every day in October of a movie to watch as we approach Halloween. We know you might not watch horror movies all year round, but as we get closer to Halloween and it's October, you might be more receptive to watching a scary movie or two. So that's why we do this show to hopefully give you some ideas of movies to watch. Uh, we are doing a little theme this year where every day we recommend a movie is a different year in horror history. Uh, so we started on October 1st in 1989, and then we're moving backwards in history. Uh, so October 2nd was 1988. October 3rd was 1987, and so on and so forth until we're going to get to Halloween, which will be a movie from 1960. So maybe you can guess what that'll be or any of the movies in between. But today is October 6th, and we are doing a movie in the year 1984. That is right. We are in 84 now. We're making our way through the 80s. And the movie that was selected was Children of the Corn. That's right. Stephen King's Children of the Corn. He did not write it. He did not direct it, but it is Stephen King's story. What I mean by that, it's based on his short story of the same name. Uh, the movie was actually directed by Fritz Kirsch, I believe is the name, if I'm pronouncing it correctly. And it was written, the screenplay by George Goldsmith. This is a short story. It's a supernatural folk horror film. That's here at the genre. And it was a short story written in 1977. King wrote an original draft for the screenplay. Um, actually, no, I'll give you the synopsis first so that you know why King didn't actually write the screenplay. So if you're unfamiliar with Children of the Corn at Large, there are a lot of movies in this series. Um, this one is the first one in the whole the whole line. It came out in 1984, and it took eight years for the sequel to come out. But then there are several more that spawned from that. Um, in this whole universe, there was a, a prequel, I think, to the original that came out last year in 2020. So many different films have been spawns of this as sequels or prequels. 
but the recommendation today is the original, 1984, Children of the Corn. And it's a really simple premise. It was a short story. It follows a young couple who are trapped in a remote town where a dangerous religious cult of children believe that everyone over the age of 18 must be killed. Essentially, they have killed the, the adults, everybody over 18 in this town in Nebraska. And they are running this town. And they are, what's the word? They are basically, it's Gatlin, Nebraska, just to be specific. It's a rural town. And it follows them as they kind of hailed this malevolent entity referred to as he who walks behind the rose, uh, which entices the town's children to commit these ritualistic murders of the town's adults, anybody over 18. So it has that supernatural element to it. It's not just these children that are, you know, evil, inherently evil and will kill adults, which is, you know, that was kind of a theme that ran through the sixties and the seventies a bit. It's brought back here in, in this 84 movie, but it has a supernatural element of some sort of demon or alien or something that's within the corn. He who walks, behind the rose. So that is like your, your general setup to the movie and King wrote an original screenplay that focused on these two characters. As I mentioned, it's a couple that gets stuck in this town and one it's, it's a couple. Uh, the woman is Linda Hamilton, which I will, will uh, mention Sarah O'Connor from Terminator, which also came out in 1984. This is before it. I, I think she's okay in this movie. I think maybe it's her characters one dimensional, but uh, she's much better in Terminator, but it's the same year. Um, so it's the same year you get Terminator, Linda Hamilton, as well as Children of the Corn. So I just thought I would throw that out there for some movie trivia for you. But in King's original script, he wanted to focus on those two main characters, Bert and Vicky, and to pick more of the history on the uprising of the children in Gatlin, which then was kind of disregarded. And we got the screenplay from George Goldsmith, which featured more violence and more conventional horror narrative structure which you definitely do get in here where it has that supernatural entity, but I feel like that gets like pushed off until the end. You kind of get, get a taste of it and then it kind of becomes really a backstory or just gets a B story pushed really much to the side until the end. And then most of it is like the, the children and hyper violent or not hyper violence, but more violence and a conventional story structure that you get there. I think uh, before I kind of go into other movies of 84, I do think there's a nostalgia to this movie. I feel like if you saw it back in the day, you still like it now. It might be harder to watch if you're going into it for the first time, um, being terrified of it. There's a few jump scares, very few suspenseful moments. Um, uh, I mean, it might have been you know a little more immediate at the time that it came out, but I don't know if it would hold the same effect that it did in 84 to people who would watch it now. And I mean, that's just to say on Rotten Tomatoes right now, I think this is 35% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, I, I don't think it was a huge a critical success when it came out as well, but it, it, it was, it was a critical success. Uh, it was, I think ran on a budget here. You have $800,000 and it made about 14 million. So it made back its money and then some crazy to think though, because of that budget that it didn't get an immediate sequel until eight years later. That seems kind of crazy. You kind of felt like, you know, it's actually not that crazy. Two things. One, because of the money you think it'd have that, that quick sequel, but it was a short story that it was depicted on. So it's even hard enough that you need a movie on this short story to make a whole franchise. So maybe that's what held them up for years or Stephen King wouldn't allow them to kind of make these, these sequels based on his original work, but they came later, even though it was a commercial success. Now, harkening back real quick to the, some of those things I said about how I don't know if it would hold up today, if a new audience watched it, if they would like it at all. I do think some of the aesthetic work is good in it. I think some of that rural, uh, 
cinematography they use. It kind of shows like the cornfields in the background, then the sun setting. Some of those those shots I think are still look really well and can can set the atmosphere uh, pretty well. I think you could do that uh, still today if you like remade it or did a different prequel. So I'll, it it does do um, a good job of setting up that sort of atmosphere. Um, I would say with Children of the Corn, but other films that came out in '84 as we're moving towards the, the start of the decade. Guess what? There's another Friday the 13th, Friday the 13th, part four, the final chapter. The, the last episode we just did was the new beginning, part five. Part four came out in 1984. You got Firestarter with Drew Barrymore, uh, Chud, Cannibalistic, uh, Cannibal Humanistic Underground Dwellers. Uh, that, that was uh, coming out in 1984. The Hills Have Eyes, part two. Gremlins, if you if you will, <laughs> if you will count it. It has those horror elements with it, directed by Joe Dante. And uh, the Toxic Avenger, that's always a, that's a trauma picture. So that also came out in 1984. We, we mentioned that in the re- most recent Psycho Gorman episode that we did. Other things in the world in 1984, uh, to look at the Apple Macintosh commercial. Uh, I'm sure you're aware of that paid reference to the George Orwell book. The original Apple Macintosh computer went on sale in January of 84. Uh, the PC was the first mass-produced Apple computer that was mouse-driven and had a built-in graphical user interface. Uh, they used that 1984 commercial directed by Ridley Scott. Um, and if it's, I, I feel like any kind of communications class where they're talking about commercials, you you speak of that one. Um, Hong Kong, the UK and China agree Hong Kong will revert to China in 1997. On December 19th, 1984, China and the United Kingdom agreed to transfer power in Hong Kong from the UK to China. Uh, Hong Kong had been given to Great Britain in 1842 as a result of the first opium war and had been under some of British colonial rule since then. So that was uh, in 1984. And the United States Summer Olympics. That was held uh, in July, of course, in Los Angeles, California. Total of 6,829 athletes who participated in 221 events representing 140 countries. As a retaliation for the United States boycotting the 1980 Moscow Olympics, it was four years prior, the Soviet Union and some other countries boycotted these games as well. So that was something to happen alongside the 1984 Olympics in Los Angeles. But that that will wrap up the what happened in the world in 1984. If you're looking to watch Children of the Corn, you can find it pretty easily. It's on Tubi, Pluto, Prime Video. It's actually on Hulu if you'd like to watch it. If you rent on iTunes, Prime Video, I don't see this one on Shutter, at least of when I'm telling you and talking to you right now, the release date. Not when you're listening to me, but the release date uh, it is not on Shutter. But that will conclude today. Children of the Corn is a recommendation for 1984. Until next time, I well, next time will be 1983, and I, Matt Johnson, will be in the shadows. See, Jason was my son, and today is his birthday.